Hi there, this is Curtis Dieter. Like all of you, I am many things. A husband, a father, and a son. I'm a hard worker and a dreamer, a writer and a publisher, but underneath everything, I am made of rust and glass. You are listening to Proud to Be of Rust and Glass, a podcast series of conversations surrounding the creative journey and all the good and ill associated with making great art in the Midwest. It is the human side of colors brushed onto canvas, of words scribbled between covers, of sweat and grit bled into telling our stories. Real stories about real people doing what we love best, making great art. Today's guest on Proud to Be of Rust and Glass is Dan Denton, a blue-collar poet and the author of $100 a Week Motel, published by Punk Hostage Press. Dan has been a prolific poet in the Toledo area for years, traveling all around the Midwest to share his poetry, connect with fellow poets, and spread true-to-life Midwest grit to as many corners of the region as possible. Great to have you today, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Curtis. Glad. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so let's start with something easy. When did you first start writing poetry? The first time I started writing, I found Shel Silverstein when I was in like second grade, and uh, I started trying to write poems, and then I found out a girl I had a crush on like Shel Silverstein, and then I won a poetry contest that year at my elementary school. So all of those things kind of lined up to kind of set me on a course of always trying to be a poet and a writer. Right. It always so, starts with a girl, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I also grew up in a home uh, that was very conservative, evangelical Christian, and we didn't have a television growing up. Okay. We read, I read books. That was my escape my whole life as a child, you know. So I think somewhere along the way, you, if you love to read enough, you try to write a story of your own, I think. I love it. So, other than uh, Shell early on, did you have any other, other poets that you liked a lot that, that you're sort of drawn to? Not really necessarily in elementary school. Um, I didn't really get much into poetry at, like as devoutly as I am now until I was probably in high school. Um, and then I started finding more like street poetry in the beats. Kerouac and Ginsburg and those and that, you know, oh, yeah. having a being a uh, an angsty youth <laughs> and finding the beach, you know, were was pretty powerful. So. I love it. I love it. So you learned to be a writer during sort of a hard time in your life. Can you tell us a bit about that and how you were able to overcome all of that? I I went to community college for a short minute as a journalist major because I you know I wanted to be a writer, and I started working in factories and and in my twenties, you know, I struggled with addiction. Uh, I had addiction issues, uh, mental health issues, I'm bipolar, I have ADHD and PTSD and a bunch of other things. And all those things conspired to lead me to a lot of bad decisions and I wound up homeless for a while in my 20s. I was I was laughing about this recently when I was looking back. Even when I was homeless, I spent like most of my days at the library, okay. you know, because that's a free place you can go and I was surrounded, yeah, I read all day, you know. So even even as a homeless man, I was trying to be a writer of some sort, you know. Thankfully, with a lot of help, you know, I, I was able to find sobriety and, and start treating my mental health. You know, that's going to be a lifelong challenge for me and a lot of other people. Once I survived that, I guess I, I once I got through that period and I became a father, you know, and I, I got a job at Jeep and, you know, got union employment and stuff, and that really accelerated. It, it's, it's a lot easier to try to be a writer or an artist when your rent's paid. You oh, know what absolutely. I mean? Um, absolutely. 100%. So, yeah, so it's... it's it, it uh, I'm glad that, you know, that I was able to get through those things and stuff, but uh, it's, I'm also grateful to live a different life today, you know. But, yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, and that's kind of a lot of artists have those challenges, you know, not just artists, but a lot of other people. And Of course, yeah, a lot of people use their creativity as sort of an escape from that kind of thing. 
would you say you use it as an escape or more of a, a, a way to better understand yourself and better cope with some of those issues that, that you faced? I don't think I intentionally uh, use poetry or writing as like a form of therapy, but it's but it certainly comes out. You know, like there are times when, and, and I'm sure you can attest to this being a writer also, and you write a story and somehow that story glares the things that you're going through in life a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. So it definitely becomes kind of a cathartic thing, you know, that in the end, you know? But also, I think that, that surviving that and being a fan of writing and art all these years, it kind of, I, I developed this perspective that somebody should tell stories about the Midwestern factory workers living paycheck to paycheck. Somebody should tell stories uh, about some of the things that I experienced as a homeless man and like, like that's those are underrepresented, you know, story arcs and in, in art and you know and I don't know. So I, I try to when I write about those things, I try to like draw from my own experiences too. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And and would you say that that's sort of the best way to describe yourself as a poet? That's a tough one. So everybody I know would say I'm a blue collar poet for sure, working class artist. And I used to kind of gristle at that a little bit because I want to write love poems too. Right. You know, like I want to write, I want to write beautiful sonnets. Uh, I want to be. I just want to be a good writer. You know, (laughs) over the years I've kind of accepted that because how many artists are successful after working years in a factory? You know, how many? You know, and and it's a lot of my work does draw from those experiences of of working paycheck to paycheck or living in Toledo. Mm -hmm. You know, Toledo Mm -hmm. is a great example of it's a, it's a great city to live in. There's so many great things about Toledo, but we still struggle with everything else that Midwestern cities struggle with. Absolutely. You know, so it's part of my work. I think is I want to be real about it. I want it when I write fiction or poetry, I want to, whatever it is I'm writing about, I want you to feel it. I want you to know what it's like to be that character or that, you know, so yeah. yeah, for sure, that definitely draws. You know, my work definitely draws on that. And that sort of persona kind of became you, whether or not you wanted to or not, as far it, as as the kinds of poems you write and the stories you tell, and sort of thrust upon you. So here, yeah, here, here we are. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> Midwestern artist. Yeah, absolutely. So you wrote a book, uh, published a book, uh, what three years ago now? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. January now? of twenty-one. Very cool. Can you tell us a bit about the book, Hundred Dollar a Week Motel? Uh, sure. Just exactly what we were talking about. So. Uh, it was during the pandemic, right when uh, Jeep shut down for two months, mm-hmm. uh, March of 2020, and uh, I started writing. And I had never finished a novel before. Um, I had started a bunch of times, you know, ADHD and work <laughs> and being a father, whatever, you know, I'd never finished one. So I started writing this idea. I, I'd lived in several cheap pay-by-the-week motels in my early 20s while I worked in some crappy jobs, you know, uh, struggling in, like, different factories, low-paying factory jobs. It just kind of dawned on me one day that the characters I knew living in those hotels, like somebody should talk about them. And so I started kind of writing the first chapter of that book is like describing a really decrepit motel room. And from there, I was able to like draw on some characters that I knew and some experiences that I'd had to write that book, A Hundred Dollar Week Motel, um, which has gotten pretty critically acclaimed, you know, from a lot of like like all the reviews have been great whatever it means it's got 4.8 stars out of five on amazon you know so everybody that reads it loves it which is amazing it's it's very cool to know that a lot of the things we experience in life that may to us seem sort of mundane or you know this is just something that happens nobody wants to hear this story when you put it down to on paper and and you share those true stories with other people it's 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 love it's love at first sight it's it's very entertaining to read that kind of thing uh, and it draws you in, and, and there's it's no different with that book. Um, and that was very 
very much true to, to sort of your experiences. Um, so I, I, it's sitting on my bookshelf and I, I've read it. I, I read it almost, I think within three days of when I got it and it was, it was a very entertaining read. So thank you for sharing um, your stories with everyone. What makes you proud to be of Rust and Glass? Oh, that's one of my favorite questions. Um, first of all, um, if you're not familiar with the Up Rust and Glass community, that's online and a publication that Curtis has started. That's an incredible community. Um, one of the one of the names of an artist community that I'm most jealous of, by the <laughs> way, because Up Rust and Glass perfectly describes, I think, a Midwestern artist. Um, what makes me proud to be a Rust and Glass? So, uh, specifically, being from Toledo. Uh, and I'm not from Toledo. You know, I've lived in seven states. I've lived in Toledo for 20 years now. It's the longest I've lived in one place in my life now. Very cool. And when I first moved here, I moved here from Nashville, Tennessee, so I was a little reluctant to be in Toledo because <laughs> uh, Nashville is such a nice place to live. But uh, I'm so proud that Toledo and a rust and glass, like Toledo has such an underrated art scene. Like uh, we have a strong arts commission. We just, like there's so much talent. And being a part of this art scene of rust and glass and that grit and that DIY attitude and that, hey, I need to find community, so I'm going to start my own. <laughs> like, being a part of that art scene has been so instrumental in being a writer. I, I, remember, I remember showing up to an open mic and reading a poet a poem and telling everybody I was a poet, and all the other poets never questioned, okay, this guy's a poet. You know, and that's kind of just how I, I love that art scene that we have. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of, like, like how many factory workers do we know? You talked about how having Shannon on previously, yeah, uh, a mutual friend. A like, and she worked at Jeep with me, and you know now she's a full time artist. You know, yeah. and um, and all of these folks in in the area doing this this great creative work. Once you find them, they welcome you with open arms, don't they? Absolutely, and that and that's uh, like I'm just I, I'm just proud to be from that talent. You know, like that talent pool. I describe it as Toledo is a an average sized city with big city talent. You know? Oh yeah. Like we really are. That's a good way to, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, uh, you know, and we have so many great resources and, and it's just, I'm really proud. You know, it took a long time for me to, like I said, get past my addictions and other issues. Mm-hmm. But once I started to, I guess, look around me, like Toledo has so much to appreciate. You know? Right. Right. So. And you do travel a lot outside of the Toledo area to, to, to spread the love of poetry and, and to share your work and meet new poets um, what are some of your favorite places that you've been to throughout the oh, years? Oh, man. I've had a chance to tap into a lot of other art scenes, which makes me even more proud of ours. <laughs> Not the, you know, the, that doesn't diminish anybody else's. But, of course. Um, some of my favorites. So I, Portsmouth, Ohio has invited me down several times. Uh, if you're familiar with Portsmouth, it's right on the mouth of, like, Appalachia. It's on the Ohio River <laughs> where they made the Pill Mill documentary. It's, it's a really Appalachian tragedy, the town is, and its history. But there's like this underground art scene there um, that is just beautiful to me. That the fact that in those conditions and in that history that there's still people fighting to make art, singer-songwriters and painters. And, and I've got to meet a lot of artists from Portsmouth over the years, and that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, Evansville, Indiana has a great scene. Very cool. Michigan City, Indiana. My friend Michelle refers to it as the Hamptons of poetry <laughs> because it's kind of like this nice uh, upper Midwest, like uh, upper middle class, like, tourist enclave from Chicago because it's real close to Chicago and it's on Lake Michigan but okay. there's a really cool they have an arts residency there that houses like 60 artists Wow! and because of that there's this great art scene in this small town in Indiana that's been really good to me too um, and so, it's you know, attracting folks from Toledo and, and other yeah, places and that's and you know I think Toledo uh, Johnny McIntyre our poet laureate has done a great job 
of bringing like some of these traveling poets mm-hmm. through and artists and uh, yeah, you know, the Midwest has got a lot of cool, cool art scenes. Madison's got a great scene. I've been up there. Milwaukee's got a cool scene. You know, there's a lot of the Midwest is is very underrated in general when it comes to art. I think. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree with you. So. Instead of talking about the poetry scene, why don't we uh, why don't we hear some poetry? Do you have a couple poems you'd like to share with us? I do. I have uh, two specifically. I think very Toledo poems that I'd like to read. Uh, I was showing Curtis before I came. I, I make these homemade chat books on my computer, poetry. And I sell these for gas money at readings and dive bars or art centers or wherever they'll have We get it done however we need to, right? I love it. So this first poem I'm going to read is called Early Saturday Evening at Ideal Hot Dog in Toledo. This is where the unmarried and unattached men eat their dinner on Saturday evenings, when the sun burns with clarity. Where the menu still holds value despite a barrage of inflation, breakfast all day for less than $10, and the most expensive luxury meal less than a blue-collar hour's wage. Truck drivers home for the weekend, in lonely apartments, retired factory men that lost or never found wives, sit with forearms big with the memory of rough work and wonder where it went wrong. There isn't a college degree in sight nor any foreign cars in the parking lot, but there are enough kitchen and prison tattoos to stock a poor man's desperate museum. The waitresses, Gina and Desi, look like truck stop homecoming queens from 1970 and 1980. Lucky for them, old men never forget the homecoming queens of their dreams. An hour-long parade of orphaned men stopped in to eat and wonder about home until two old women with leather skin and trailer park style stopped in to leave dollar store lipstick kisses on battered coffee mugs that work harder on Saturday nights than a man in a two-bit, two-piece suit works in a year so, thank you that, you can't uh, see me right now but I'm snapping <laughs> if you can't find art and, and poetry in a, in a classic old diner somewhere I don't know where you're going to find it you know <laughs> absolutely so uh, and then the second poem I want to read actually is uh, it's a poem that won uh, first place in the city papers uh, poetry contest oh. in 2016 awesome uh, which was jo- judged by our first Lucas County Poet Laureate, Poet Laureate Joel Whitman um, which was a huge honor. As that was one of those thing, moments as a writer where I'm like, oh yeah, I might, maybe I can. Do I can this. do this. I, yeah. I, I can make this happen. I, the Lucas County Poet Laureate blindly picked my poem. You know, so this poem's called "A City in Two Tales," and that year they had a contest to uh, draw between glass half full, half empty. Okay. The old city yawns, rubbing its eyes in the early morning darkness. Yes, Toledo, you old city, showing your age with crumbling streets with abandoned buildings that sit guarding inner-city street corners, monuments of the gaping wounds of lost jobs, empty houses boarded up, housing lost dreams of what could have been, a city that fights the cancer of teenage prostitution and heroin deaths, Toledo, you old city that's on the watch list of municipal undertakers, Toledo, Toledo, thus the vultures not circle, two. Yet sometimes, while on my way to my job at Jeep, I cross the glass city skyway, and I see a tinge of pink in the dawn sky that reflects on the shimmering glass of the mighty Maumee, and I glimpse a hint of hope, the hope that cries out in the Friday evening laughter at Fifth Third Field, the hope that rings forth in a UT commencement, the hope that only a new day can trumpet, and for just a moment, for one deep breath that turns into an early morning yawn, I wonder if the glass might be half full for this old city. Awesome. I love it. I love how your poetry can paint a more vivid picture of the city that we live in than sometimes even pictures can do. 
even the small details that you use in there throughout, they're just, they're beautiful. So thank you for sharing those with us, Dan. Thank you, Curtis. I appreciate um, that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with, with our listeners? Any words of advice or uh, wisdom? So first of all, I'd like to share, I've got a new book, new novel coming out. It's called The Dead and the Desperate from Roadside Press. We're working right now with the, I'm working with the editor, uh, going through final edits and stuff. So I'm really excited about this is my first it's a big novel. It's 260 pages, Very Curtis, cool. uh, which for an ADHD guy is nice hard to... work. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, so look for that, The Dead and the Desperate Coming. I don't know, advice for like younger artists that we were talking earlier, uh, don't quit. You know, like uh, I just read a book called Grit. It's based on years of research by this doctor at the University of Philadelphia. And every successful human from Elon Musk to uh, Pablo Picasso became successful because no matter what obstacles they faced, they didn't quit, whatever their passions were. And I think that that's, especially being a Midwestern artist, you know, where you've got to kind of like fight to find your voice and, mm -hmm. and work all these hours and be a dad and all these different things. Um, like, just don't stop. Like, whatever your passion is, you know. And, and I have definitely paid very few bills as a writer, but I it, it took a lot of years to even get a check, you know. Right. But, you know, just don't stop. And like we were talking about the opportunities. Every good opportunity I've ever had as a writer was because I was willing to either put my work out there or I was willing to show up and read poems or show up for a writer's workshop and meet people. And, and that's kind of like, you know, show up and, and don't quit. You know? Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of days where it's easier to sit at home or it's easier to say, no, I don't have the energy to do that. There's going to be a lot of days where it feels like it's you're, you're not moving forward. You're not going anywhere. But then you're going to get those small little glimpses of light and those small opportunities that pay off. And, and, and one day you realize that they're coming more and more often. And I think that's the, the best advice I've heard ever is just, just don't quit. Keep moving. Make it happen. And it's like today I get to be a writer. Does that make sense? It does. Like absolutely. today I'm not just a Jeep worker. I'm not just a dad. Like today I feel like a writer. Dan Dutton, you know? writer. Yeah, you know. And so those days do come more frequently over the years. And... and um, thank goodness for them, you know. Absolutely. So where can people find you? Where can they read your work? How can they find the stuff that you're doing? Uh, that's a terrible question because I'm like the most unorganized. <laughs> um, Facebook is the best place. Dan Denton. I do have a Dan Denton poetry page on Facebook, but uh, I am in the process. I'm trying to uh, get together the money to build a website. Okay. Um, you know, like Dan Denton, the writer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that yet. I will have that someday soon. But Facebook's the best place. Um, one of the things that I like to do is once in a while I'll Google, like, Dan Denton Writer, uh, which is how I just found out that my first novel, $100 a Week Motel, was available in France in French. Awesome. Um, through Amazon, which is pretty cool. Awesome. So I love it. It's funny to sort of see your online presence grow, isn't it? Sort of. Yeah, it's, well, it's like. It's humbling and weird and, and, and sort of uncomfortable at first, but it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. I can get used to this. Yeah, it, it's it's. It, and it's social media there are times I wish I can get away from it more mm -hmm. but then like it's so necessary as it a is. working artist for the connections for the you know just to, to get your work out there to stay connected to other artists and friends from around the you know world and it is I never so, would have met you yeah absolutely for social media or any of the other people that, that I've been able you know had the pleasure to work with so yeah You're and that's uh, right. what a time to be alive man. oh yeah there's a lot of good things well, hey, I, I, I really appreciate you uh, having this conversation with me today. I um, appreciate you talking about your poetry, you know, opening up a little bit about your, your life and, and all of that stuff. You know, I, I love it. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate that, Curtis. Thanks for having me, and uh, congratulations on this big show, man. I'm excited for it. Thank you. So. It's always a pleasure speaking with Dan Denton. 
I'm impressed not only by his mastery of words and his brutal honesty, but by how much he supports the Midwest poetry scene. If he's not on the road, he's attending readings in the Toledo area, or talking up his fellow poets, and it's exactly the sort of attention the Midwest arts and lit scene deserves. This has been today's episode of Proud to be of Rust and Glass. I'm your host and producer, Curtis Dieter. Our executive producer is Chris Pfeiffer. If you want to join the conversation, check us out at wgte.org backslash rustandglass. Until next time, go forth and create, and thanks for listening. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.